Gavin Roth here with episode 20 of the Roth Revenue Podcast. This is the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, where I sit with sponsorship marketing leaders to find out their story, their mentors, their insights, and personal and professional development advice. This episode's featured guest is Don Mayo, Global Managing Partner of IMI International a globally recognized marketing consultancy specializing in pre-, during-, and post-evaluation of marketing initiatives, including sponsorship, brand marketing, and media. For those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting Don, this podcast will give you a small taste of his wit and intelligence. One of the true characters in our industry, Don feels big data is overrated, admits to an inherent cynicism, and says he is wrong, a lot. We cover a lot of territory in a relatively brief chat, including how brands and properties are still not taking ROI as seriously as they should, the challenges of media bias, Don shares an eye-opening stat to drive that issue home, how Canada more than holds its own when it comes to engaging sponsorship activations. He shares some sponsorship marketing initiatives that have caught his attention, including the 40-yard dash activation at the 2019 NFL Draft event in Nashville, the self-liquidating Tim Hortons NHL and Upper Deck partnership, and how Rogers Hometown Hockey breaks through by taking huge events to small towns to build community pride and shared experiences. On the topic of advice to marketers, Don warns that if you don't activate your sponsorships, you are guaranteed to fail. He feels there is magic in curating real-time content and amplifying it through digital and social platforms. And he says accountability and transparency are paramount. And Don shares great personal and professional development advice, including expanding your horizons and perspectives and the importance of blending humility with confidence. I hope you enjoy, and for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. I am sitting across the table from uh, the legend, um, Don Mayo of IMI International, and uh, the uh, the hoops that I had to jump through to to get you and you know and, and before you start explaining yourself because clearly you've got to explain yourself um, when I started this podcast um, very quickly after I zeroed in on you, you know, I've known of you and we've known each other a little bit and but the the, the theme with influencers I've known for a long time there's very few people who touch as many sponsorship initiatives as, as you, and you've got a great reputation. So I wanted to do this and um, just thrilled that we could finally find the time. So thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to get the record clean <laughs> Let's here. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. What happened was to get me, you had to call me, <laughs> which was tough, obviously. Uh, and the second thing is this oh, podcast boy. is starting 10 minutes late. Uh, <laughs> due to, I'm not sure, Gavin. Uh, <laughs> all right. Just, all right. Let's, let's get into it now. This will all be edited <laughs> out, okay? The, I have that power. Uh, so... Um, uh, let's jump in. You know, I was saying when I looked at your LinkedIn profile, it's 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 refreshing because it's clean. There's you you studied at Wilfrid Laurier. Oh, I did. Yeah, and then it's IMI for almost thirty five years, and um, so I am old, yes, <laughs> and loyal. 
Uh, you know, I always wonder what that says about people, right? And uh, so, so talk about um, how you transition out of school into IMI, and and how do you last somewhere for like what do you have on, you know, this this place? Uh, like, well, I was loaned as a summer student at Petra Canada to IMI during the. Uh, 85, I guess, was for the Olympics, 88 Olympics. 88, yeah, Calgary. Started working here for Julius Diamond, who was a partner owner of it. And we were three people, and he allowed me to do what I needed to do to uh, have a great partnership for 35 years. So never the same day. Always wake up looking forward to going to work and uh, hopefully causing some shit. Good. Well, you, yeah, you do. And you certainly do uh, shake up the industry with your insights. Say, you know, the... the would you say most of your work is is um, is done on behalf of properties or brands? Like, what is that split? So, from eighty five through two thousand and seven, uh, before the the last recession, I'd yeah. say ninety eight point two percent were brand work. Mm. We're from the brand side. We work with over a hundred different brands. Mm. Because properties didn't think they needed to spend any money. They just have yeah. Wilson and Labatt fight for their money. Yeah. And, Pepsi well and Coke and push each other against each other. Now and they have all, to try so much harder. And then so all of a sudden, harder. 2008, economic downturn, Uh-oh. which we've never seen before. And uh, realistically, with the, the with the internet and mm-hmm. social media, I mean, where you spend your money became that much more important. Uh, there's been rhetoric for 30 years about ROI, but I'm not even sure in 2019 we're taking it as seriously as we say we are. Uh, that's nah. for sure. But yeah. but the fact is we've come leap, light years mm-hmm. during that time. So realistically, right now it's probably probably 25 percent of our business is sponsorship work. We do all levels of marketing evaluation. Yeah. Um, but within sponsorship, I would say it's probably 80 percent brand, 20 mm-hmm. percent property. Okay. Because. Right. The brands have they yeah. look at, we look at a brand we we'll look at 60, they need to justify we'll it, look right? at sixty properties yeah. for a brand or forty properties so yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say there's more property interest and and realistically there's so many properties out there that can't afford even yeah. five or ten thousand dollars true uh, and that's one thing we're working on hard is how do we get the not for profits uh, information because they're obviously very worthy yeah. uh, to compete. Some of the not-for-profits, some of you know, we were talking briefly before we're, we're mm-hmm. as we sit here and we'll figure out when to release this, but uh, starting tomorrow um, uh, in, in, on May 22nd is um, Sponsorship X. You're speaking at it, I'm speaking at it, and um, the tie-in is with Sick Kids Foundation. You, that's a very wealthy cause, right? I mean, uh, they... They're wealthy, but they invest all their money back in, so they don't have discretionary dollars like a P&G who spends right. 11 or $12 billion. But yes, yeah. from that, like, yeah. a, like a sick kid's I think they can afford heart, to well, do... Well, they can. They but, but, they're, but they're not the, 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 there's, there's four or five. the norm. There's right. four or five. Princess yeah. Margaret can, yeah. sick kids can, heart Correct. stroke can, cancer can. Yeah. But there's how many cancer For charities? ALS might have a tougher well, we time. Just did yeah. Some, yeah, we just finished some work on it because it's yeah, a very, very worthy cause. Absolutely. Or make a wish or all these. Yeah. I mean, 7500 bucks to them is a lot of money. So if we can yeah. actually provide them with pro bono work or significantly discounted work, we're happy to. Correct, yeah. Anywhere in that environment. But, I mean, there's a lot of properties out there that have lots and lots of money. And the mm-hmm. reality is it's the brands that actually spend all the money. So yeah. that's where the people who spend the most well, money have the greatest need. 
So before we carry on, so 35 years at almost at one place, talk about your just your progression when you started to what you're doing now and kind of a little few highlights about what's kept you engaged. I guess my first job was when I guess it was the 88 Olympics, looking at that for Petrocana, which when they were selling their 60 million glasses, yeah. going from free to a buck, just Olympic torch relay, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. First time we saw Shell was the official sponsor. Petrocana won the war. They actually were associated, so you could actually see the power of activation back in 88, um, which Shell wasn't very happy with. Petrocana was obviously very happy. From there, the transition um, mostly into ROI work. Uh, where do you spend your money? How do you spend it most effectively? And that was across, I don't know, thousands and thousands of projects. And we work in 45 countries, and that's not a brag part. The uh, fact is, if you're not global, yeah. you can't really compete. Uh, and the reality is in the morning, I mean, what's kept you going is the fact is I walk in, I've got five different problems. None yeah. are the same. Yeah. I mean, the consumer is typically the same, mm-hmm. but the challenge is totally different from launching a new brand to a product innovation, to a sponsorship deal, to a property, trying to drive sales, to whatever it may be. There's always, it's never the same morning. But so, is the common thread with all those properties trying to... Um, uh, figure out what the consumer uh, wants or is thinking, and and are we? How do we maximize our return? Right. So there's a common element. We broke it down to attitude, emotion, behavior. Yeah. So how do we get people to think differently, which is attitude, feel differently, which is emotion, and behave differently? Love that. So those three factors, and the point is, how little do you need to spend? Not how much you need to spend. How little do you need to spend? So mm-hmm. I go back to 2010 Olympics. Coca-Cola did a phenomenal job. Got 500,000 13 to 18-year-olds drink a Coke because of their sponsorship that they wouldn't have drank before. So that's a tough market to fill. The question there is, could they have spent any more money? Right? So it's not how much you can spend. It's how little you need to spend to change. Mm. I mean, that's a fascinating case study there, whereas you saw Coke dominate the 2010 Olympics. But McDonald's did phenomenally well, too. Mm. But McDonald's, one thing about sponsorship, McDonald's promoted eating French fries, eating the products. Coke celebrated the event. Mm, Emotion. Right. There were 6 million Canadians vehemently angry and annoyed at McDonald's for their sponsorship. And the one thing we look at is always the negative side of things. We don't just look at the rosy color things. Mm -hmm. We look at who annoyed. Uh, You look at the latest Olympics. There's more people in France irritated by the Olympic sponsorship than actually enjoyed it. Well, if you can uncover pain, right, or or issue, then you can, and people can, brands can solve it. Right. They, turn that around. And and, and, and the reality is... That's don't powerful. You, so when you look at the journey, it's not just the positive side of the question. Right. It's like, how do you actually remove the, that customer experience yeah. negative? Yeah. And so you go, what's kept me going for 35 years? Yeah. It's always new. It's always that's different. Cool. And the fact is, I'm wrong constantly because we have yeah. a... We always guess... Do we want to say that? I could edit that out if you want. No, that's why we okay, actually... Okay, you're that's, admitting that. That's right? why we actually talk to consumers because <laughs> yeah. we always, we have little bets internally on what's going to win, how it's going to do, that's what's cool. going to happen. Yeah. And it's humbling, uh, yeah. and I, it's great to be humbled constantly when uh, I have no idea what a 13 to 18 year old's doing today. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's a big difference between what they say they're doing and what they're actually passionate about doing. So well, I've always found that part of research fascinating is this idea of, uh, you know, people, uh, what they say in a survey versus what they actually do. And I've, I've, I've known enough of, of research and, and, and uh, the world you're in to be dangerous, but I, I you know, humbly... Uh, uh, submit you, you, you're you're the expert here, and uh, that is a an interesting dynamic. But if you ask the right question, you get an overstatement. 
maybe 3%. I'm being serious. So we, we'll ask thousands of people. We'll get 0% agreeing with something. Yeah. Yeah. Zero, you know, you know how tough it is to get a thousand people to go no, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Well, there's no pause response. But what you look at it is, if you look at environment, for example, I'll be talking about this tomorrow. Environment mm-hmm. cause, the stated importance of it and their engagement with it is mm-hmm. in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The actual action is in the 40s. Mm-hmm. So they believe and want to be like yeah, that, but, but they to can't, actually they, do. They, it's tougher to do. It's no different than credit cards. Why there's 90 million credit cards in Canada? because people go into a credit card not believing they'll ever have a balance. <laughs> they believe they never will. And the fact is, then all of a sudden... That's okay. They do. Um, and it's like 50% yeah. do. So it's the same thing with the layaway plans that Leon's runs. Mm-hmm. Why they do it is consumers' intention is, I'm not going to actually ever need the, I'll have all the money saved. They never do. Yeah. Think about weight loss, for example. Yeah. 70% of the population... Seventy percent of the population um, says they're going to lose weight or eat healthier than yeah. the next twelve months. Yeah, the last tw- my, uh, in the last twenty years, obesity rates tripled. So, yeah. but if you ask them, their intention is to actually do that. Yeah, what is getting in the way of their ability to do it? Yeah, that's so. That's what we use research to identify: is how do we remove those barriers? Now how do we you're now people? you're getting deep. Yeah, that's so that's fear and so there is anxiety and so yeah. stated is one thing, and yeah. that's their intention. But let's yeah. not let that's an attitude. Yeah. Their behavior is what they've done. And one thing you've learned, or I've learned, is mm. if you haven't done it in the past, studying history is critical. Mm. If you haven't worked out in the last seven days, the chance of losing weight in the next 12 months is almost zero. Right. If you're eating McDonald's twice a week in the last seven days, the chances of losing weight, no matter what your attitude yeah. is. Yeah. So one thing... Past, of, past behavior dic- yeah, has a big recent behavior, on future Recent outcome. behavior will dictate what's recent actually going to happen. Recent being the last yeah. 30, 90 days. Is gonna yeah. If you've never done it before, you're probably not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, uh, very good. Um, so uh, let's let's pivot to um, we'll talk about some sponsorship initiatives, but mentorship. Um, ha, you know, have uh, have you had mentors, people you've leaned on to to help you grow? Uh, I'm sure you talk to a lot of people and get requests the other way. But talk I, about that briefly. I would say that I ask a lot of questions, and there's always a meaning behind the question. So. The biggest mentor I have is curiosity. Meaning, yeah, mean, mean, mean the one. fact is, I always, I always like skimming business books, reading what's going on in the world, mm. observing what people are doing, mm. and talking to people, and actually asking them questions mm. that actually mean something. Meaning, they might not have not a clue why I'm asking it, but. Mm-hmm. I guess one of the biggest mentors I was involved with uh, MAW, which is a worldwide association that's since been um, disbanded, but it was a group of entrepreneurs from around the globe. And that was probably the biggest mentorship. So you could go ask in the 30s how they screwed up, what they did. I always ask what they don't did mm. wrong, what you'd never do again. Yeah, I, I agree. Help. So I, agree. I focus on what not to do I so agree. I can actually then start focusing on what to do because yeah. the what to do options are endless. Yeah. I can do a billion things. If I actually have a guideline of what not to do, so the biggest mentorship is probably an array of 70 independent business owners that you go in and actually socially have a cocktail, which I have uh-huh. once or twice, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, ask questions in a social setting that are just real because they're facing the same shit every day. Well, I like that because that's, uh, you know, it's not, um, it's this idea of not just zeroing in on one. It's, it's, it's the, it's the diversity, right? It's this broad network where you'll get diverse opinions and outside of your network, outside of your world, outside of your scope, it, uh, it studied a lot about learning and we learn best when we step outside of our lane, outside of our world and study other 
um, fields and then you can compare and contrast. So I guess you, you would get a lot of that by talking to such a diverse range yeah, like of people, right? Guy from Argentina, girl from Geneva. Yeah. Like the fact is they're they have the same challenge because we're dealing yeah. with people and yeah. businesses. Yeah. Even though their whole array is totally different and they were yeah. in different businesses. So yeah, the mentorship was... I guess mentorship is continually reading and not believing any one opinion. Yeah, I, have I a, love that. I have, an, I have an inherent uh, cynicism, which I call realism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, talking to myself. That I don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if same. one person says it, I probably don't believe it. And mm-hmm. if a couple people say, now, it, did you always? Did you come into this space, I've, or did that build over time? I was a pain in the ass since that, a very young age. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I question stuff. Yes, yeah. from a very very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually question much less now than I used to. I'm, okay. I'm a lot more... Uh, You've toned it down a little bit. I've toned it down. I'm, I, I know the sources I trust. You've and, matured. And one of them is not the internet. Uh, <laughs> if, if I do not have at least three sources saying the same thing, from there yeah. is some fake news out there. Really? Okay. And yeah. we, we might be conscious to understand, is there a conflict of interest from the person providing their opinion? And mm. That's it. Where consider the sources, really. Yeah. And yeah. it's never say... I mean, it's yeah. never more... It's easy to Google it, but you might yeah. be Google. Well, I find I have this conversation every day with my uh, uh, two daughters, 19 and 20, who do tend to rely on the internet and, and social media for information. And I'm always reminding them that there's a bias built into you know most sources. So just consider the source, right? Well, just an interesting point is half a percent of the people on Twitter make up 50% of the commentary. That's unreal. And yeah. if you take that on a global basis, that's amazing. We're listening to makes one. sense, but so yeah, that's that creates some hypothesis. Mm. But you better go out and confirm them because mm. everyone believes what we find they is they who shout the loudest, right? That's right. Yeah. And the, the, the they, the fact is, fact gets in the way of a good opinion, and mm. that's why we go out and talk to thousands of people because yeah. we want to know the fact yeah. behind it, and there's science behind it. Is it yeah. perfect? Absolutely. No research is perfect. Yeah. Is it a thousand percent better than public opinion? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the point is, how do you actually, how do you actually integrate yeah. those two? And the one thing there is, another thing is, there's there's business behind it. But it's not just the numbers. Mm. Data data is absolutely useless. Mm. There's <laughs> way, there's way too much data in the yeah. world because yeah. data is uninterpreted. Yeah. The only thing that matters is insight. Yeah, and it's that one insight. Not just combing through the data for for like insight. we we yeah. have projects with ten million numbers. Yeah, the client wants maybe five of them. Yeah. So, yeah. so what is the right story? So you have to have the due diligence to do it, but what's the actual insight? So mm-hmm. big data to me is a waste of time. A yeah. great insight what's is all that matters. You? What's it telling you? That's great. That's, uh, that's good stuff. Um, curiosity, just pausing on that, it's, it's one of my favorite words, and it means a lot to me in a couple senses. One is in the sales training I do, uh, we've studied uh, what are the top habits of successful salespeople and curiosity is one of the top six habits. So uh, for sellers, it's a vital because it, it will lead you to asking questions. It will lead you to probing and finding out and discovering and preparing better. Um, and anybody could do it. The other link to curiosity is the reason I started this podcast is I just listened to a podcast. It was Oprah interviewing Brian Grazer, the prolific Hollywood producer, and he had just released a book called A Curious Mind, playing off his famous movie A Beautiful Mind. And he talked about how he wasn't, when he was young, uh, he wasn't the greatest student, but 
curiosity was his greatest asset and it served him throughout life. And when he got to Warner Brothers as a law clerk, he made it his mission every day to meet somebody influential. And he, because he was curious. And one of those meetings by chance was with Ron Howard, right? So it just, curiosity is, is, is such an important attribute, right? And um, open curiosity. The only point there is you can be curious, but not curious to just uh, reinforce re- your own opinion. Your own opinion, yeah. Actually, well be, actually be afraid. Actually be open. Be, be yeah. open to be wrong and embrace being wrong because you actually learn something. Love that. Um, so let's shift to sponsorship initiatives. I mean, I was recently had the honor of being one of the judges for the sponsorship marketing awards. And when I'm reading the cases, I see IMI, 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 IMI. You guys were were hired by so many brands to to measure the Not effectiveness. Enough. Not enough. <laughs> um, and maybe because I was. Uh, uh, chair of the subcommittee for sports and and arts and those ones maybe tend to lean on you a little bit more than some should some categories but uh still not enough um any sponsorship initiatives you've you've seen touch that uh just maybe some that stand out and why you know they've caught your eye well from i mean if you look at sponsorship initiatives you don't activate Meaning you don't actually have a touch point with the consumer, mm-hmm. whether it's live or virtual, you're guaranteed failure. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, and that's been true forever. The yeah. world has not changed. 13 to 34 year olds, 13 to 18 year olds are the same as a 50 plus. We actually don't elevate. So if you don't elevate the experience, you're going to have, the nice things you'll have no impact whatsoever. If you get in the way, you'll irritate them, but that happens infrequently. And the mm-hmm. point is how do you actually elevate and create an experience and ultimately create memories? So, most recent one was I was down at the NFL draft on sponsorship backs mm-hmm. down in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, go down over to the draft area. What a show. They have the combine there. I see one of the greatest activations I've ever seen. Okay. And it's all about creating memories. And what they have is a 40-year dash with timed, okay, which is a standard combine, four, two, yeah. four, five. Yeah. But the most impressive thing is they're running in 35-second increments. That's how long it takes them to reload the next lane. And okay. one of the magics of best practice is never more than three minutes. Do not interrupt a person for more than three minutes. Mm-hmm. Do not build an activation that takes nine minutes yeah, for a consumer. Right. Yeah. Don't, take pri- don't take pride in that. You can't get enough people through. Yeah. But the greatest thing was the first people I saw, and I took a shot of this, was a, probably a seven- to eight-year-old boy racing his 40-year-old mother. Both down like they wanted to beat the other person. <laughs> yeah. And you watch the race, and that is called an experience and a memory. That pitcher, at yeah. the right time with the right brand, will be yeah, shown at the wedding day, yeah. will be on the wall, yeah. will be shown on a funeral. It's yeah. their mother and son having an experience yeah. in sport. Where else can you do it? Yeah. So I look at who's doing it well. I'm just saying is from a moment is there's that experience. You, look, yeah. go, you go to any cause, there's tremendous moments with a brand and people. The thing that we do not as an industry do well is capture that moment and yeah. actually share it yeah. digitally. Or create those moments create, that can be shared. But, there right? are, but even right now, yeah. there's, I yeah. mean, properties do a pretty good job at creating that emotional link. Mm-hmm. It's just we need to have the wherewithal to actually take 
the right pitcher yeah, at capture. the right time or capture the right pitcher at the right time. It's not some green screen, yeah. but a real live moment. And uh, tomorrow I'll show the picture. That I mean, it's a fantastic picture oh, cool. of, a, of a mother who wants to beat the ass of their kid yeah. badly. Like they could, and, and, and I always say, like, to, as a parent, to be a, to have a, a hero moment with your child where you can give your child an experience. But but not only in your what you're saying is not just provide your kid an experience, participate in that with the kid is magic. So even if there wasn't a picture of it, they still had that experience, yeah. which would have elevated that event and made it even better. The affinity so, goes so up. Yeah. So that's just that's just something that yeah. that's one of the uh, one of the greater things I've seen. So if yeah. I look again uh, at what's going on, I mean, Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons, Rogers, Coca Cola do an amazing job. You look what Coke does. Um, Coke does a tremendous job in store. Mm. They build the Go Canada Go things. They mm. they make their cases actually the theme of what mm. they're actually sponsoring. Costs them very little. Mm-hmm. Has tremendous impact where the biggest touch point is. Mm-hmm. So who's doing a really good job? That's Coke? interrupting people in the store in a positive and, way. And they can right? actually shop. Yeah. Send a message, shop, and don't inf- like mm-hmm. either you look at it or you don't. But they have Canadian colors and they're mm-hmm. in the in the different yeah, brands. Sure. Yeah. And the, the reality is, you look at other other retail brands they don't do nearly as good a job mm-hmm. i mean the nikes under armors and and adidas do because they're on the jersey right mm-hmm. so they actually in the field of play but from a retail perspective i go who's does a real good job they i mean coke does a great job from that perspective they actually celebrate like share coke it has nothing with drinking coke it has yeah. to do with sharing a coke and a collectible yeah. if you look at tim hortons the collect to win putting your name that word coke putting your name on the cans right absolutely yeah. you're on the bottle and they yeah. stand in the line they do it everywhere they integrate yeah. and the reason they've done it in multiple Years is yeah. because it might might work. Yeah. Um, you look at Tim Hortons, what they did with the Collect to Win. Forget about. I mean, roll up the rim to win. Most successful program, forty mm-hmm. countries, twenty five thousand tests. And now they're talking about revamping it, and it makes no sense. So stop on that for a sec. You said yeah, because roll up the rim. Um, it's not. It's not a sponsorship, but it's. I'm going to get to Collect to Win. No. Is, yeah. Okay. But uh, which was the one that was forty countries? No, no. Uh, we've done promotional oh, okay. work in 40 countries. Yeah. Roll Up the Room to Win is the most successful that's pro- program ever measured that's across 20,000. That's incredible. It's got higher... If you say... But it's, it's not available in 40. No, it's just I, you've, you've across, looked at... Across. In, in that's Canada, amazing. It destroys Canada. It yeah. destroys anywhere in, around I the think world. we all know it's a successful program, but that really well, if you, and if shines you look, a light on that. Wow. If you, if you look in the news right now, they're revamping it because they want to make it more fun because they didn't yeah. have business results. Yeah. Well, they're okay. changing the wrong thing. The point is they that we won't, we don't yeah, need to yeah, get into yeah. it. But if you go from them, who's tremendous at staying the course with one property mm-hmm. that provides back. Now they did the rewards, but they're collect to win, where they actually integrated upper deck, yeah, with NHL hockey, yeah, with their brand, with digital, where they did VR and AR experiences. Mm-hmm. You look at the full intersection of mm-hmm. digital, mobile, social, on the street activation. Plus, they sold them. They sold yeah, so self-liquidating, yeah. Not even, probably, I'm not sure, but yeah. knowing the people there that they might have made some money, yeah. let's assume given their negotiating skills. Yeah. And the fact is you take a property, partner, have the humility to go partner with Upper Deck mm. and make money out of it. I mean, if you take the best of the best in the past few years, you can't beat that type of thing. Favorite little quick story on that one is I'm, uh, last summer I'm heading to a round of golf with a buddy. And he reaches out to me. Uh, he was paying for the round. He says, um, uh, stop at Tim's and get me uh, six packs of, of trading cards. You know, he has a 13-year-old son. 
So I get to the course, I give it to him. I said, these for Braden? He says, no, they're for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I said, he was serious. It's, so they hit, uh, you know, it's tapping into that childhood memory that I have, that probably you have, of of trading cards. Right. right. And it's, so, so if you look at that, if you, if you look at Rogers and hometown hockey, um, the point, the, the magic behind that that I see, and I wasn't involved in the... Yeah. Anything to do with it, just we measure stuff yeah. all the time. Is it's the fact taking a small event to a small town is a huge event. Yeah. So take a huge event to LA, it's a small event. Yeah. Take a small event to Timmins, it's a big event. Yeah. What they're doing is taking a huge event to a small town. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to actually yeah. work in the community, it's going to take a while, and it's but they've been out a while. The fact is looking at something like that, like actually demonstrating and activating and bringing people into a center where you actually celebrate the culture yeah. of Canada because hockey's bigger. And just saying you mean something to us. We, we picked you. you. You know, We want to celebrate you as a community. And they keep going to different communities. And, yeah. they, and, and that whole, the one thing that we strongly recommend brands and properties do is remember, it's easy to go to Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver. It's yeah. tough to break through. Correct. Really tough to break through. So if you're going to do something, never forget that a small event in a small town is huge. Mm. So you have a mid-sized event and you can actually parade it around, you'll be the hero of the area. Absolutely. Because there's not that much to and do. And wouldn't craft also like really have a... Uh, a strong say in all that. They've they've done a great job of, of uh, community based and sponsorship and putting it right? to re- and absolutely and putting it and putting yeah. bringing in the retail activation component component of it because yeah. remember brands aren't there just to be nice. Right. Brands are there. Share, shareholders want to make profit yeah. and profit should not be a bad word. Profit's yeah. a great word as long as you understand that profit means gain. So it could mean your employees feel better. Right? Yeah, it could mean other people it. feel better. Everyone thinks profit's greed. It's not. Profit yeah. means gain. Okay. So one of the foundations we look at when we deal with properties, agencies, or clients, and we deal with all three of them mm. all the time, is what's the profit behind it? Mm. What's the inside driving profit, which is the core purpose? Mm. It's pretty simple. If you're not gaining, why are you doing it? Yeah. Why are you investing money? Um, so there's a bunch of bunch of great programs out there. And I'd mm. say can is a really good uh, from the sponsorship space, really, really good agencies, really, really good properties. We, yeah. we undervalue what we actually do. We measure more outside of Canada than we do in Canada. But we stand up well and, on and the fact, stage. A hundred percent. There's absolutely zero to be embarrassed. Like the NFL is yeah. great. Yeah. They're no better than what the NHL does. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I would say NHL traditionally would beat their ass mm. head to head on their activations. And I'm talking about from consumers actually engaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at what the NHL does, you'll have the, at an actual outdoor activation, Canada, U.S., they'll touch 11 different sponsors. Yeah. yeah. Like in one act, in one day. Like the fact is there's great passion throughout. So the one thing about the Canadian industry is, the, I mean, 12 years ago at sponsorship CSFX. Yeah, the sponsorship forum. I remember the first yeah, time I talked, I said, how many people think that sponsorship actually works? And I had three out of 300 people put their hand up. Wow. And I was like, this is pathetic. Yeah. You're actually in the business of selling it and you don't yeah. believe it works. And yet south of the border, the many, many, many hands would have gone up. No, right? Well, I just asked that in Nashville and I yeah. got about 50% 12 years later. I'm going to ask it tomorrow yeah. and I bet yeah. it'll be 75% yeah. that yeah. actually know, not believe, know yeah. it works. No, it works. Because sponsorship can be it's measured. come a long way. Well, it can yeah. be measured. It provides a great ROI. Yeah. And against all marketing spends, it can be just as cost-effective or more cost-effective. So years ago, back then, a lot of those decisions to sponsor something was based off emotion. And, you know, you had a CEO, the old line, right? The CEO loves sailing, so I'm going to, or loves skiing. But now the accountability is, is, uh, is paramount, right? You've got to be able to prove. So you've seen, you've been at the center of that shift, 
right? Watching and, and data and insights and measurement, right? Yeah, there's a hundred percent. I mean, the fact is if you, if you elevate the consumer experience, it's going to pay out. Yeah. Right. The, the, it does pay out tremendously yeah. well. And we do not sell sponsorship. Big if because not a lot of brands and properties collaborate to create that really well. And right? that's still upside to be gained to, to have there, right? And I mean, the estimate yeah. for digital spend this year is 51%, I believe, of all mm-hmm. marketing spend. And I don't believe it's sponsorship versus sponsorship. Like sponsorship should grow. The mm-hmm. revenue into sponsorship is how do you actually curate those moments, those memories, those yeah. experiences, yeah, and that. then use digital spend to actually... Um, yeah, to deliver. To, 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 yeah, as your megaphone. To, right? amp, to yeah. amplify what's going on. It's a combination yeah. of the two. It's not because yeah. one's a medium yeah. and one's an activation. They're, yeah. they're not the exact same thing. Um, so let's shift to uh, close on a few things. One is is trends. So, um, you know, Canadian sponsorship industry as a whole, you're seeing it. It, it, it sounds like you feel it's healthy. It's, uh, you know, data we've seen. It's grown, you know, four or five percent. Um, but how do you feel about the health right now of the Canadian sponsorship industry? I think it's growing. I think it has a tremendous downward pressure from digital. Mm. You will not fail by doing a Facebook campaign. Yeah. You should actually measure what the impact is. Someone likes to trash us, they do a Google campaign. I think there's tremendous need or belief you need to be always on mm. like that always on the fear of missing out. Well, yeah, your website should always be on. Yeah. But as we preached every brand is don't always be on or every property, always be relevant. Yeah. If you're not relevant, don't talk to Great someone. Great distinction there, no, yeah. And, and there's, there's a bit, so as a sponsorship industry, I think it's, I think it's going to grow tremendously mm. in the next 10 years if people actually embrace transparency and accountability. Mm. The, and the point there is, I'm not saying more measure with us, like care, just go use anyone, use yourself, mm-hmm. use your mm-hmm. internal team, be transparent, start comparing yourself. Authentic as well, right? Right, but, but the transparent, like, some of the numbers you see are ridiculous. Like, I mean, go back to uh, these impression numbers where the impression value we spent, uh, I just, I saw, I saw a case study where they spent, the spend was $600,000. The media value is 9.8 million, hmm. supposedly. Like, no one believes the number. Mm-hmm. They I love know. to prove. When I was looking at all the cases, there were some numbers there. I'm like, I, I just can't believe. The, the CFO's not buying that because yeah. they don't see that if it's 9.8 million, that's, that's two of my campaigns done. Why don't, why don't I see the lift? Mm. So, it's, so it might be that value, but it's not working. So we need to actually embrace accountability and transparency. Actually be real with the numbers. Actually mm. call shit when it's shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Actually say we actually failed. Yeah. And actually say we – so that you have permission to say you actually succeeded. And one of the things we need to do is – I think the sponsorship industry has tremendous upside. Tremendous upside. Mm. And the biggest barrier to that upside is actually being able to curate real-time content to be amplified through digital. Because hmm. while 50% of the spend should be there, the content on digital, 6 in 10 has no chance of success because consumers don't care about the message. Yeah. If you actually bring the emotion, which people love sports, people love cause, people love entertainment, people love music, all those different things. If you actually bring that to people in real time, you have some magic there. Oh, well said. Um, let's uh, wrap with professional and personal development advice. So people, I love, you know, anybody who's had success like you have, um, just w- w- you mentioned curiosity. It's a great example, right, of, of, a, of a, a personal development and professional development habit of yours. 
anything else um, that you do, like one arm pull ups or something every morning? Or I, it's I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point is, I'm not talking about the uh, fiction novels. Hey, I'm talk- don't try. Hey, I'm, I'm not saying fiction novel guy. Okay, <laughs> so agree. don't. I'm, 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 I'm saying. I'm saying. One of the things we look at in here is one of the questions I will always ask is how many books have you read? Yeah. And how many online? Like, what do you read online? It doesn't have to be a book. It could be yeah, online, yeah. What sources? It could be online form. It could be yeah. a read. I could. It could be anything. The bleacher yeah, blog, whatever yeah, it podcast, might be. Podcast. Uh, yeah. And the point is, how much do you spend outside learning? How much do you bring the outside world in? Because yeah. what I want, what we look for is people, or what I look for is people outside of Canada. We're a very small percent of the world, and we're a global. Mm-hmm. So the fact is, you have to be global to be successful. You at least think understanding. Explain global. that. Like why? Why? Why do you have because, to be global to because, be successful? Because of WhatsApp. If eighty percent of people use WhatsApp, guess what? Yeah. It's going to be a big forum here. We're yeah. too small of a country to impact which mediums are going to be successful. Yeah. AliExpress is going to be massive. That's going to be a thing, right? That's going to be a massive impact. Yeah. Amazon right now is a massive impact. It was number one hundred and fifty-eight favorite brand. 12 years ago, it's number three now in Canada. And it's only going to grow. So what we say by that is you need to understand globally what's going on. Yes. Because it's going to come here. Because we're not making the decisions for the globe. The globe's making decisions for us. The world has shrunk. So we either have to lead by understanding or not. So I don't know. I would say be open, be humble, and be confident, which are diverse like yeah like no you can you can be, do be, that you be can com- be humble but confident be you conf- don't have to be arrogant and cocky you know uh, but, but be like if you actually know something you can be confident right if you know something yeah actually stand for something if yeah. you know that your sponsorship works stand up and go this freaking works and go to the go to the wall for it yeah and there's not enough people i mean from that standpoint is not a people are afraid to be confident in a business environment. Mm. Not, I'm not saying. I'm saying the leaders yeah. are confident. It's yeah. the people that are young that you need to instill that confidence yeah. in. Yeah. To it's push that professional more. maturity that comes with a little bit of trial and error. I find right, but encouraging. I think that's encouraging that, failure. But that's a leader thing, right? That's leadership. Leadership should be uh, encouraging their teams to to take risks and not um, slapping their wrist if they fail, right? And just saying, hey, what did you learn from that? But and, and not risk with 80% of the budget, but yeah. risk with 5% of the budget Correct. or 3% of the yeah. budget. And, and, and so what's yeah. professional development? I don't know. Go do something you love yeah. and do it over and over again. Yeah. That'd be pretty simple. Love it. This was worth the wait. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me.